Hello, and welcome to the Pep Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Sam, but you're joined by the two bald frauds, Sam and Jason. Jason, how you doing today? Yeah, pretty good, man. Yourself? Oh, can't complain. It's it's starting to get warmer here, and uh, it's, it's you know fresh rumors of uh, from Jack Gon's new article just dropped about an hour ago. So uh, I'm pretty happy right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the jackhammer. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's getting colder here in Australia, actually. So you're getting warmer. We're getting colder. The temperatures finally dropped. Uh, yeah, under under thirty degrees. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds yeah, that sounds miserable. Um, well, to give you guys a little preview of what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be do a small little preview of Liverpool. Talk about that, but most of the episode will be uh, transfer talk, which I know everyone loves. So um, we're just going to talk about you know potential outgoings this summer, potential incomings. Um, discuss some numbers or how they may fit in the squad. And uh, so that's kind of the agenda we have for today. So starting that off, uh, let's start with Liverpool. Uh, Jason, what the impact do you think potentially Holland and Foden being out will have? It seems like Foden will be out for sure. Um, Holland, I know, wasn't pictured in today's training. So who knows? Uh I mean, what? How do you think that'll change how we line up, or or what's going to happen in the Liverpool game? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a bit nervous about this. Technically, we're better than Liverpool this season, um, but you know, the game at Anfield proved, you know, even though we're better, we could still lose against this team. Um, they have a lot of firepower. They're they're a hot and cold team. They they haven't really been good. From away from home season, which is which is like a good omen for us. But with Foden, I think Harlan will miss the game. That's that's my that's my gut feel right now. I think Harlan will miss the game. I know we haven't heard anything since his father spoke about it. Um, but basically, he said if he's not training, he's not going to play. Um, and then him not being pictured in training, yeah, doesn't really, you know, doesn't doesn't pass the smell test, if you know what I mean. Um, so I'm a bit nervous about that. Look, it's, but look, I I still think we have the firepower to beat them. So, you know, Foden might not might not have started against Liverpool anyway, um, just because Pep might, might and probably would have wanted Grealish on the left and maybe Bernardo on the right. I think he'll he'll stick to a similar lineup that he did, um, against the Leipzig and kind of what he did against Burnley type of thing. So. Yeah, but Harlan, Harlan missing is is a big one for us. Um, but you know, Alvarez stepping in, I think we should still be okay. Um, just a little bit nervous about it, but like it's Liverpool, you know. If and the guys are not fired up for this game, you know, it's our first game back from the international break. It's two weeks off. Yeah, they got to they got to get they got to get straight into it. That's my opinion. You know, like we have to hit the ground running after the international break. You know, teams are usually a little bit sloppy when they come back from the. From the international break, takes him a bit of time to get up to speed, but you know, it's crunch time. We've got two months left of the season. You know, full month of April, full month of May. Um, you know, football is going to be on every three days. So let's go. How are you feeling about it? I think we need to turn the Etihad into what Anfield is, and I think we've done that a couple times. Where 
we generally do that against Liverpool, to be fair. Yeah. And I think we need to because there's just that feeling when you go to Anfield sometimes where they just blitz you and you look up and it's after 20 minutes and you're down 3 nothing, and then you're just overwhelmed and anything can happen. And that's that's how it works. And I think that's how we're going to come out, at least just get on them from the beginning, get an early goal. We know we love to get our early goals. We haven't gotten them much recently, but uh, we've started to. So I think that's what we need to do. And I think that's what we're going to do. Um, whether Bernardo starts on the right wing, I don't know. Because I know that was a specific tactic thing um, for the last game. but or uh, Especially against Leipzig. Uh, so I don't know if that will happen again or whether it will be Mares Because he offers more of that winger threat. And it is Ramadan. So we should see the best of Mares. Um Ramadan so, Riyadh. <laughs> yeah, Ramadan Riyadh. So, I, I'm ho- I think we'll come out sharp. I, I really do. And so, um, I Holland I think will hurt more than Foden because, like yeah, you said, like Foden is in and can be like one of our best players on the field, but I don't think he is the most important when he's missed. Kind of like. Um, in the eighteen nineteen season, Kevin De Bruyne was injured basically the entire season, and we had ninety eight points or ninety nine points and won the league. So, uh, like Kevin De Bruyne was our best player at the time, but it it didn't matter. And that's I kind of how I see Foden is like Foden is amazing. That doesn't really take anything away from him, but Bernardo and Mares are also very very good. So. I don't think it's as much of a loss. Alvarez, I mean, Alvarez is great, but he's not Holland. I mean, at least not right now. I think he offers maybe a little more in the buildup and coming back and playing more of a false nine, but you want Holland in a game like this. Um, yeah. Those pictures aren't promising, but also it could be a little bit of gamesmanship from Pep where you want to keep him guessing. You know if he says, do not release any pictures of Holland training. It doesn't mean he didn't train. We don't know. So who knows? Um, I I guess we'll see. We just need to keep the momentum going and uh, keep them coming back sharp after the international break. And like you said, this is, this is where it gets into the business end of the season. This is when we need to really uh, take control. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it does make me nervous without Haaland because generally the matches with against Liverpool are a bit more cagey. So you know when you do get those opportunities, you want to make sure you have Haaland at the end of those at the end of those limited chances that we get. Um, I have a feeling it will either be like a blitz where we smash them five nil, or it's going to be like a cagey one nil one one draw. So that that's my feeling right now. It's either we're going to like absolutely smash them, just to give everyone a bit of um a bit of information or data on how how we are at home and how they're away. So our home form, we've actually only lost one game all season at home. Um, that was against Brentford um, just prior to the World Cup, the one that we lost 2-1 with Tony's last winner. Um, and the only other game we've dropped points at home was against Everton with that bloody screamer 
was it Calvert Lewin who scored it? And from their one shot on target, when we should have scored like five goals, but they scored off their first shot. Oh, Damari Gray. Ah, uh, Damari Gray. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So th- there are only two drop points at home in the Premier League this season. Liverpool's form away from home, however. All right. So they've played thirteen games. They've dropped ten games. They've drawn three and lost seven. So they're thirteenth on the on the league form table for away from being away from home. So to me, they we need to go out there and actually blitz them. You know, we need to show them this is our home. We're going to smash you. We're going to continue our form from home. Um, treat them like any other team. Um, I know we're going to have to be worried about their counter attacks. You know, Salah, Nunes. Um, yeah, I think I think what's the name Yota's back. Gakpo. Also. Gakpo. So they do have. They're going to always have threats, um, which always we're going to be mindful of. But I think our defense has been really, really solid in recent times. We've only. How many goals have we conceded over the last few games? I think we've kept... Don't we have like six clean sheets in a row or something like that? Yeah, five clean sheets in a row. So, yeah. you know, with Stones, Ake, Diaz, um, Akanji playing, I feel like that's our, probably our best defensive lineup. I, I expect Pep to go with that again. So, that's, that, that'd be my back four or back three, you know, with Stones going into midfield again. Um, and then I'd go KDB, Gondo... I'd put Bernardo on the ring. Alvarez up top if Haaland's not injured. Um, if Haaland's injured, if Haaland's um, you know, injury-free, you play him, obviously. Um, and then Grealish on the left. That'll be how I'll play it. And I think we're just going to go out there and just absolutely smash them. We have to. We've got no choice. <laughs> like, so, to me, you know, you, you, we just got to basically go out there and play our play the way we, we're playing at home and then get the win. They're, they're terrible from home. We usually do well against them at the Etihad, so... I hope I hope the local the the local fans are up and gunning for it because they usually are. Um, go from there. Yeah. You, uh, any any last thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think it's important for us to just smash their midfield because their midfield sucks. To be honest, yeah, they'll tell yeah. you they'll tell you that. And is Tiago uh, out? Is Tiago, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't out. think he's. I don't think he's coming back. No. Um, okay. So I think it's Magic a great opportunity out. to just smash their mid yeah Magitich I think is out and then it's going to be something where like Henderson and Milner are playing something yeah, so stupid I, I have a feeling it's going to be Henderson Milner and Fabinho in midfield and we don't if we don't blitz that midfield I'm sorry but like come on <laughs> like yeah we have to we have to win that matchup in midfield <laughs> like it's you know especially if you've got Bernardo on the field with Rodri Gundo and Kevin De Bruyne you know I feel like Pep will have total control of the midfield and then it's just about making sure we don't get caught on the counter and make sure, obviously, that we score a few goals. Like I said, I, yeah. I have a feeling it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those things where it's really, really cagey and then you know either Liverpool put a masterclass in defense and it ends up being a cagey game where we win 1-0 or it ends up being like a 1-1 draw or we just absolutely smash them and it goes like 4-5-0 because we've done that to them before at the head. Yeah. I actually think Gundogan might sit because... I, I think Mares will be a good on the wing. I, I don't think and I think we're gonna want Bernardo's energy in midfield. So um, I, think, I think Bernardo starts no matter what. It's just about who who comes out. Because Bernardo Bernardo's <laughs> against Liverpool, you you want Bernardo in. I agree with you. Yeah, Bernardo, Kevin De Bruyne, uh I just I think that's gonna happen. So Yeah. Okay. okay let's move on to everybody's favorite topic. 
and, and probably ours too, <laughs> if we're being honest. Um, transfer talk. So, uh, first we're going to start out with the outgoings. Um, essentially, how we're going to do this is kind of talk about each outgoing, what we think uh, will be a price, a decent price for them, and, you know, kind of total it up, see where we are, and then we'll move on to the incomings. So, um, kind of just to start it out, no matter what we say, everything we're going to try to talk about in euros, just so it makes it easier. Because um, it's still in pounds. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> that's fine too. I, it, as long as we stay consistent, we can talk yeah, in yeah. pounds or euros. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's let's talk in pounds then. Uh, let's do that. So they're quite similar, first, now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> They're quite similar when it comes to like actual conversion rate. The, the pounds are dropped. It's not as strong as it used to be. A little, they're, little, they're uh, pretty close. Little, econo- little economic talk broad fraud, Jay. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty close. I think like because when I was seeing the numbers for Vega, and I know we'll get into this a little bit, but they said the release clause is forty million euros and thirty-five million pounds. Yeah, so they're pretty close. Now. They're pretty close. Um, so I think we've kind of agreed on who's going to go this summer it, it seems pretty known or at least who wants to go and it, who's got potential to go um definitely bernardo it looks like laporte cancelo um and it looks more and more likely that gundogan leaves is, is that what you think yeah i think gundogan's gone he hasn't, okay. signed, a, he hasn't signed a new contract we've we're close to hitting april i think i think jack gorgon yesterday or the in today's article saying that it doesn't look likely that he's going to sign a contract. It looks like Barcelona's pretty keen. Um, it, it is what it is. I think he's been a great servant to the club. I'd say he's a club legend. Um, you know, he's captain this year. He's, but I think that he's 32 years old um, and I don't think City want to offer him a big contract, especially when we get to who we think is going to come in or who we're going to be targeting. Um, yeah. So I think... This will be our biggest summer since 2017, 2018. Oh, sorry, 2016. Yeah, 2017, 2018. Yeah, after after Pep's first uh, first season, the 17-18. Yeah, where we did the massive rebuild. We had three fullbacks leave on a free, and then we let um we sold color. We had like, four fullbacks leave on a free. No, we had three, and then I think we sold color off like two and a half million. So yeah, like I said, basically. Oh, I didn't know we even sold him. <laughs> yeah, we sold we sold him. I think it was to Roma at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was like two and a half million. So it's basically free. It was just like, yeah, just give us, just give us your lowest amount. Typical Italian club. Um, and then, yeah, basically we had to rebuild. We had to sign. We tried to sign four fullbacks that season, um, but we ended up with three. Um, and then, yeah, it was a massive, massive rebuild. I think this year will be very, very similar in terms of like size and outgoings and incomings and building, etc. It's it's. We're at stage two of this rebuild, so I think last season was the first stage where we, you know, we've lo- lost Sterling, we've lost Gabriel Jesus, we lost Zinchenko, um, we lost Fernandinho on a free, you know, we went to Brazil, and um, then we brought in a few players to rebuild that and, and change the structure, um, and now we're this is stage two now. So the stage two is like you said, so Bernardo Silva, Gundogan. Laporte and Cancelo, right? So that's four big name plays off our books and off our team sheet. Obviously, Cancelo is already out of the team right now, but 
um, you know, like you said with Gundam. Yeah. Do, do you think okay. We should, well, do, do, do you think we should resign Gundam, or would you would you do you think this is the end of the road for him? I, I would I would want to resign him, um, just because I think it makes things a little easier on sort of the balance of the midfield, especially like that, that midfield's so incredibly important that I would, especially those two number eight positions. And I would prefer out of those three players that we play in the number eight position that two of them don't leave in one summer. But, you know, is it the worst thing if he leaves? Probably not. I mean, like you said, he's done a great service to the club and I, I love him. So, um, but I would prefer he stay for another season or two just to kind of make it a more smooth transition to the younger guys, him and De Bruyne. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, let, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, from my end, I think, I think it is time for him to go and only because of the age profiles of, of the rest of the midfield. So, you've got Kevin De Bruyne, who's 32 next season. Um, Gondahan will be 32 next season, and then you've got Roger, who's 26, and then if you lose Bernardo, who's 28, basically we've we'll, we, you'll end up with too many older midfielders. So I feel like we need to like. So I feel I feel like you want to only have like maybe one old midfielder in Kevin De Bruyne. You don't want to have two or three. You end up like you end up like Liverpool with Milner and Henderson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I I would say that even if we were to keep Gundogan, I would still want to sign two midfielders. Like, I don't think just only Jude would be enough. Or, or for example, yeah. I, I would still want to sign two. So it's kind of like slowly phasing him out. Um, but just kind of making that transition a little more uh, seamless because it, it takes some time to adjust under Pep. And so that's kind of how I see it. Um, so let's jump into kind of the potential price tags we could see for these outgoings. Um, let's start with Bernardo. What do you think the market looks like for him out there? Because it's it's hard for City because our players are so good that there's such a limited market for them. So um, if you were to go, who do you think he may go to or what do you think we'd be able to sell him for? Um. So with Bernardo... It's an interesting, right? So he's got two years left on his contract. He's been trying to leave for three years. Um, and I'll, I love Bernardo. I think he's one of our best players. And and he's just gives you that energy in midfield. So he's kind of like almost irreplaceable in terms of, you know, whatever midfield you're going to get back, it's not going to be the same. Um, and we'll talk about incoming soon. But if I'm looking at his price tag based on his years remaining, so he's 20 years old, two years, two years on his contract, um... I'd I'd take you know I'd take forty million for him forty million pounds. Um, I know people will say that's very low, and I agree. Um, and obviously, obviously, City will try push for fifty, sixty, etc. But with two years left in the contract, you got to take the money. Like, it's not worth keeping him around. I think he's, you know, he's the type of player to down tools. But at the same time, he has been wanting to leave for that long. That it's just it's time. You know, he's, he's stayed beyond the time that he's wanted to stay here. And at the end of the day, you want players who want to be here and want to be part of the squad. Um, I feel keeping players that don't want to be part of the team is always 
always makes it hard on a team to be cohesive, to, to be happy for each other, to, to have hunger as well, to, to win games, etc. You know, we, we seen we seen how our form changed after Canelo left. Um, and, you know, basically, as Pep said, got rid of the unhappy faces. Um, so it's things like that where I'm like, it's time. So we have to, we have to like just take something back. Um, he's signed, he's signed a new contract. He's only got about 11 million remaining on his amortization. So the hit on the books is always going to be pretty good um, in terms of what we get back. So if it's at 40 million or 50 million, you're getting 30, 40 million, you know, in profit straight onto your books. Um, and you can wipe that the rest yeah. of the amortization. So I'll, I'll take that much for him. What about you? I see him more in the 50 to 60 million pound range personally. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of reasons. One, we wouldn't sell him for less than 80 last year. So I I don't know if they would want to sell him for 40 this year. I mean, 40 is low. That's is. less than what we paid for him yeah, from Monaco. And I also think that um, another consideration is it seems like there's potentially two clubs, inter- two serious clubs interested. I don't count Barcelona as a serious club. So, because they just don't, they're not going to have the money. So I'm, I'm not until they, maybe they pull some financial levers and I'll think a little bit differently, but until then I'm not even going to entertain the thought that they have money to pay for Bernardo Silva. So having that in mind, I think really the two, maybe most interested teams would be Real Madrid and PSG. Um, we, I know we've seen some reports out of France. Obviously, we don't know how reliable they are, but saying that PSG really want Bernardo Silva. Remember, their sporting director there also was the sporting director at Monaco when Bernardo Silva was there. So there is some potential precedent there. And also, Real Madrid and PSG are two of the few international clubs outside of England with some money. We know Bernardo wants to leave England. Um, I think he would go to PSG. And I think in the 50 to 60 range, both of them would be pretty happy to pay it, especially, you know, Real Madrid, it helps because they also have trouble on the right wing. So Bernardo can play the right wing. He can play in the midfield. And um, it. I think it helps them both pretty well and uh, 50 to 60 for one of those clubs for as sure a thing as a top midfielder that's like that's really not that they real madrid pays 60 million for 16 year olds so (laughs) i think they'd be all right paying that for bernardo and i think that's a fair price i actually think that's undervalued so i I agree uh, I, i think that's fair and i think it can happen at that price Look, I, I I agree with that. I was more talking from the sense of um, you know, from City's perspective. They'll, I think they'll take the forty million. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, I'm hoping they'll get more. They should push for more. Um, and maybe they can play PSG against Madrid in terms of getting a bigger fee. I know I know PSG do really want him, and and Bappi probably really wants him as well because he did play with him in Monaco, and he's I think he's. Has he been quoted saying that he wants, or is it, is it reports that have said Mbappe wants Bernardo to be part of PSG? Um, Probably, you know, and you know PSG just they do need to try to keep him happy. Um, so yeah, whatever he, <laughs> whatever Mbappe says goes. Yeah, so 
sporting director slash owner <laughs> slash player. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, let's move on to Laporte. Uh, Laporte's a little tougher. Uh, what do you, what do you think City could possibly get for him? It's it's interesting. So he's got he's the same age same age as Bernardo, and he's on the same amount of years remaining on his contract. So he's got two years left on his contract as well. So he's still a top center back. You know, he's he's a left footed center back that's still one of the best in his position, right? So in terms of quality, it's there. The question is who would want him, right? So who who's who's the potential buyer? Is it is it an Italian club? Um, is it PSG maybe? Um, you know, we throw, we can throw PSG for everyone. Um, but do they really need him? You know, it, it's it's a, it's a very very tough one. I, I don't know who the interest party is going to be. Could be one of the one of the Spanish clubs. I don't I don't see Barcelona needing him. I think they've got enough centre backs. Um, same thing with Madrid. It kind of leaves you. Your options limited. He could go to a Premier League club, um, but I'm not sure how keen City will be on doing any deals within the league. I'm I'm of the opinion just take any money you can get, no matter where it's from. You know, as long as you get the most money back, then just do it because you worry about your own team. Um, but he's still a top centre back, so it's an interesting one. I'm not sure. I have a feeling he might end up going on a loan slash, you know, loan slash obligation to buy a deal. Um, but it all it. it I feel like the Laporte deal might depend on an incoming. So we talk about Gavardiol, but like if we don't get Gavardiol, do you see us selling Laporte or letting him go? Um, I think it depends on how much of a stink he makes this summer. It seems like I mean we know that the you know our our policy is if they want to go, let him go. They just have to bring us a good offer. Um, I agree. I would think that the market for Laporte, like you said, maybe Juventus. I know we've seen rumors of that. That wouldn't surprise me, quite honestly. They don't have a very good backline. I know Benucci's getting quite old. Um, I could see us selling to a Premier League club because if you, I mean, if you look at the players we sold, okay, Zinchenko who wasn't getting in the team, Jesus who definitely wasn't getting in the team because Holland was coming in. And Sterling, who was slowly being phased out of the team, honestly, I thought Sterling would do the best. Like I, I for the other ones, I was like, oh, that's that's probably good for Arsenal. But I was like, that eh, Sterling, Sterling can make Chelsea a lot better. And now it looks the exact opposite. Sterling <laughs> looks like shit, and Zinchenko and Jesus have helped a lot. But also remember, like. They were going like Arsenal was going to buy somebody else if they didn't buy Jesus or Zinchenko. So I don't think it's one of those things that City's really pissed about that oh we sold them to another Premier League club and it strengthened them. I think they were going to get strengthened regardless, and I think they were going to get better regardless. Um, yeah, I feel like so, Arsenal, Arsenal's rise is more to do with their own young players. Before at a higher expected level. You got like Odegaard, um, Odegaard, Saliba and um Saka. Saka and Martinelli all performing like world class players at the moment. So yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone expected this. I think I feel like Arsenal's rise is a combination of things, but I don't feel like our transfers directly them, you know, main yeah. contenders for the for the Premier League title. 
Yeah, so so when I look at Laporte, I could see him going to a club. I could see him maybe potentially going to Chelsea because Chelsea just seemed to buy anyone. Um, <laughs> nah, it's I not c- Chelsea. It's definitely not Chelsea. They've got like 25 centre-backs. <laughs> well, I, I we've heard rumblings that they're already looking to offload Koulibaly. Um, Good luck. So who, who knows? <laughs> I mean, we, we I have no idea. So maybe they're uh, to maybe Juventus. I, I really don't know. Maybe PSG. He's the most um, difficult one, I think, to so. But I do think that we'll ask for the lower price. Like, I think we would ask for probably 35 to 40 million pounds for him, which I think is really cheap for a center back as good as him. And I think a lot of people know that he's that good of a center back. It's more of his attitude issues. Uh, and it doesn't seem like he's not Cancelo. He's not actively causing problems in the team, but... um he just wants to play, and fair enough. Like he is a very good center back, so you know if he wants to go, let him go. I think we could fetch a thirty-five to forty million price for him. Yeah, I'd, I'd say forty million. That's 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 my my floor of him. The the forty million price tag, and I, like you said, he is a top center back still. So there should be still a lot of teams interested in him. It's just about who. It's all. It always comes down to who's going to come and actually offer the money. And Laporte's very similar to Bernardo. He's kind of wanted out for a couple of years where he's like, you know, he's mm-hmm. looked elsewhere and he's thought about it. Um, and I think, I feel like it wouldn't surprise me if we keep it for another season and then sell him next summer and then get Gabbardi all in. Like, it might, it, we might just shift you know, our priorities. It's all, like I said, it depends on what he, how he kicks off the summer. If he goes, nah, I want out, that's it, I'm done, then yeah, I think City got to let him go. Yeah, and I also think that um, it'll be tough for City because if they want to bring in Gavardiola to replace him, like they're already going to be spending a lot of money this summer. And I know we'll get to that, but that's kind of one area where they could probably save some money just by keeping him another year if they can convince him. But who knows? I mean, well, I guess we'll see. Um, so let's move on to Cancelo because Gundogan we don't really need to talk about because he'd leave for free. Um, so let's talk about Cancelo. Uh, if he leaves on a permanent deal, because I think there could be another, you know, instance where he gets a loan or maybe some sort of loan with obligation to buy. But if he leaves on a permanent deal, what do you think the market would be like for him? So Cancelo is also a difficult one. And it comes again back down to who's willing to pay the money. Um, and is there is there a market? I think you're you're more of the pain that he'll be very easy to sell. <laughs> um, and I and I remember tweeting it once. <laughs> Find Cancelo at home, <laughs> sponsored <laughs> sponsored by Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, similar age profile, twenty eight years old. However, he's got four years left on his deal. He just signed a new contract. I think last year. It was, I think it was a, literally a year ago he signed a new contract. And then, yeah, one year, yeah. and, then, and then one year later, he's like, I want out. Like, get me the hell out of this club. So, he's an interesting one. He hasn't done well at Bayern. He's caused issues at Bayern. He's caused issues at City. So, any team that's willing to take him on a permanent is always going to be worried about how Cancelo is going to, you know, kick off in terms of, is he going to be a bad person in the, in the locker room? Is he going to cause issues? Is it chemistry, etc.? So, 
it can put off a lot of teams just based on that alone. And then I don't think City will be willing to take a big hit on him in terms of uh, fee coming back in. You know, I think they'd value Solo over fifty million just because of his contract length and the the amortization remaining on his contract. You know, it did cost a lot of money, sixty million pounds. So he's still got a fair bit of money left on his on his deal. And and for whatever we get back from him, we want to get that money back and plus some more. So I have a feeling if Bayern don't actually buy him, I don't I don't see Bayern buying him. But you never know. Um, Tuchel does like his wing backs, so it depends how. He kicks off now with Tuchel. So the next two months will be really, really interesting to see if Cancelo, if Cancelo plays every game from now to the end of the season under Tuchel, which he really, really might because, like I said, he loves his wingbacks. And wingbacks generally thrive in Tuchel's system and they look a lot better because of they've got, they're a bit more protected, um, especially the, the type of play Cancelo is with his attacking ability. It all depends on that. Because if he plays really, really well, in Tuchel's system, the Bayern might actually want to buy him. They might come... I don't think they'll, they'll trigger the 70 million euros release clause, which is about something million pound. They'd, they'd come back and negotiate with us. And I think we'd tell them, okay, 55 million or 50 million pounds and be happy with that. And we'd be happy with that. So, so it's really interesting to see what's going to happen in the next couple of months. It will tell us a lot how Cancelo's deal will go. Otherwise, I see him going out on another loan. I don't see him coming back to City. A lot of people have suggested he might come back to City next season. That ships. No, that's not happening. It's definitely not happening. Yeah, he's, he, his career at City is done. I know he's said in interviews, oh, I might come back to City. I'm still a con-. He's saying that just for PR purposes where he might be sitting in our training camp next summer because no one's loaned him or no one's bought him yet and he's you know training with our team. He's saying that for that reason. But in terms of actually playing a professional game for City, I will be very, very, very surprised if we ever see him in a City kit again. So um, he'll be loaned out or, or, or sold. I have a feeling he'll be loaned out again. Maybe with the yeah. obligation to buy. You could do those one of those two-year deal loan up, then loan obligation to buy thing. So Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm of a little different opinion. Uh, I'll, so I'll explain why. Um, so Cancelo's loan has been very hot and cold at Bayern. Like when he's in the team, he has a goal or assist almost every game. Like it's crazy. But then when he's out of the team, he's pissed off. And then you start getting leaks and it's, it's very odd. Um, I know Nagelsmann obviously wasn't a fan of him being pissed off when he doesn't play, but that's kind of happened everywhere. He went, he's not going to change now. Um, Tuchel might like him better. Like you said, it kind of depends on how his loan will go because Tuchel could switch to a back three. Um, he's kind of got some players to play a back three and he's got Alfonso Davies and Cancelo who are more or less like the perfect wing backs. I mean, they're, they're both, they would both be incredible wing backs. So he's got that. And I also think that um, there are very few top, fullbacks on the market. I mean, if you look at, especially right backs and he's more of a right back. I know he played left back at city. He's a right back. So when you look at the top teams and who they have at right back, they all need right backs. Like Byron's had this problem for years of right back. Then you have 
Real Madrid looking for a right back because Carvajal is just not good anymore. Barcelona's been looking for a right back ever since Danny Alves left. You have Chelsea's been looking for a right back because Reese James is injured all the time, and Azpilicueta is is getting pretty old. Arsenal plays Ben White at right back. United has Juan Bissaka at right back. You know, it it goes on. Juventus plays Juan Cuadrado at right it is really hard to find top right backs. And that's why I think the market for him will be bigger than we expect this summer. Because if you're looking at between 50 to 60 million pounds for a fullback, for somebody like Cancelo who can contribute so much to attack, I think somebody will ignore, for a better word, his character issues and think they can alleviate it because city did kind of the best they could for three years. Um, and then it just happened. He got a, he hit a bad spell and he's out of the team. So I don't think that's going to deter anybody yet just because of how good he is. And also he has George Mendez and George Mendez just knows how to get his people moves. He knows everyone he's, he's, that's what he does. He gets people moves when they need to get moves. It That's basically what happened at the end. He, the loan spell to Bayern happened very last minute. And I think he's going to get him a move for probably 50 to 60 million pounds this summer. Is my guess. My counterpoint to all of that is his wages are very, very high. So any any deal has to consider his wages. It's cons- it would be a lot easier if Cancelo is willing to drop his wages, right? But if he's not willing to drop his wages, then that's, this is where the loan deal comes in, right? Teams are more willing to take a play on a loan when obviously they still cover the wages, but they're not covering a big transfer fee along with it, right? So they'll take him on a loan, pay his wages, they're fine with that, but then they're kind of getting him on a free essentially without paying the transfer fee. Um, that's my issue because he's got four years left on his deal, right? You know, we did sign him to a new deal last summer. So he doesn't have he's in terms of like his contract right now, yeah, he's he's no way he's gonna lower his salary. So that's that's where I'm a bit concerned. That's why I feel like it's gonna be harder to find him a home or somewhere where you know I agree with you. It, there's a lot of there's, it, you make a lot of interesting points about you know the market, how it is with bright back. But it's all gonna come down to are these clubs willing to pay the similar wages plus a transfer fee and then have the caveat of all the issues that Cancelo brings along with him. And it comes, oh, and- down, to, comes down to if a team is willing to... I think the team that will end up signing will say, I've only, I don't have a right back, so he's going to play every game. So that's not going to be an issue for us. That's where it's going to come down to. But then it comes down to wages and transfer fee. I think the other uh, another potential team I forgot about could be PSG because we know they're right back at the moment. Uh, is in a little bit of legal trouble. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there, but that's a potential transfer as well, especially if Bernardo goes there. We know Bernardo and Cancelo are good friends. They, they've talked about it, so that's a potential as well. Um, just, just, just sell half our team to PSG, just do it. <laughs> that's fine. They'll pay us at least. So um, yeah, we, we, might, we might get our funds sometime in 2025 from Barcelona <laughs> for, for Ferran Torres. We're still waiting for that. Yeah, that's that's not happening any. Time. I'm sure they would love Cancelo, but they're yeah. No, look, but it's not happening. 
yeah, Barcelona is a club with a lot of bark with no bite at the moment in terms of transfers, I think, for this summer. Yeah. They'll, they'll so, talk in the media like as if they're going to. Uh, there was a, some, wasn't there a report about Madrid's a very similar situation? They don't want to spend money this summer? Yeah. Uh, I I didn't see that, but it wouldn't it's surprise it's always, me. It's always a bit hard with Spanish media, to be honest. You don't know what's real. Yeah. Um. So, in terms of other outgoings, I think we're just going to group youth transfers in as a whole, just because you can go through every single one, but I don't really see the point. Um, generally, every summer, we get between 50 to 75 million pounds for youth transfers going out. I think it'll be closer to the 60 to 70 million pound range this summer. Um, don't know who's going to be sold. We never really know. But Liam DeLapp seems like, and he's like a 20 million pound player, potentially. Uh, and then just a couple more. So I, I could see between 60 and 70 million going out. The, the main the main ones, I think, will be our two loanies at Sheffield. So if Sheffield United get promoted, you've got James McAtee and um, Callum Doyle, I think. Both play. Is it Callum Doyle? Or am I it should know. James McAtee and Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle, sorry. Not, not, um, yeah, Tommy, that's right. So those two players. I have a feeling we'll get sold to Sheffield. I think if Sheffield come up, they're being two of their best performers. So there's some money from that. The other, the other big one is Taylor Howard Bellis, who's playing at Burnley on a loan. I feel like we'll sell him to Burnley if they come up, which they are going to come up, like twenty points clear. Um, he's been one of their best centre backs. Very, very, very important to how they build up in the back. So I think they'll buy him as well. And then you've got Liam Delap, who's the other big player. And then you've got a bunch of others. You've got Borges. You've got um, there's like a whole bunch of players that could potentially be sold from the academy. I don't expect us to hit that 50 to 60 million. It could be around that 40 million. It all depends who gets loaned, who doesn't get loaned. You know, we, we might end up loaning McAtee out for another year just to see how he goes, maybe bring him back. Um, but I expect I expect we'll do a lot of deals around that 5 to 20 million mark and then with an obligation to buy back around like 40 to 50 million depending on, on the profile of players. Similar how we did with, with Southampton. Like Lavia and a, and a bunch of others, like um, what was the goalkeeper? Dozy and yeah, those guys. What was the goalkeeper's name? Gavin Bazuno. Yeah, Gavin Bazuno, Adozi, Lavia. Yeah, so and there was somebody else, Larios. I think went there as well. Yeah, so, right on the deadline. So the, the, the I think there's going to be a bunch of those guys from the academy too that we might not even have heard of, and they'll just go for five or ten. Yeah, exactly, and that and that and that's and that's a straight hit into your profit on on the books, which is always fantastic for. Your financial accounts year on year, um, where you you don't you have no amortization on these players, you have barely any wages, so you're basically getting a direct hit onto your books, and you just go, "Yep, thank you very much." I'll put that into my coffers, and I can go spend now a bit more money on on the on the on the incomings. So yeah. Also, if you guys want to hear a little bit more detailed on how this the amortization and stuff works, like go listen to ninety three twenty's latest market podcast because. They will be a lot more specific than we will. Um, yeah. We're kind of doing a more high-level thing. Yeah. Ste- Stefan, Stefan did some great um, points on those, especially around the, the accounts, especially. Um, went into a bit, bit of detail. So, yeah, definitely give them give those boys a listen. That was fantastic, actually. Yes. So, okay. Um, just doing a little calculation. Okay. If we get 50 for Bernardo, 40 for Laporte, 50 for Cancelo, and 60 from Youth, that's 200 million pounds outgoing. 
roughly. You know, I, there's I, always going to be some give or take with that. Yeah, to be pessimistic, shave 20, 20% off that or 30%. That's, that's what I generally do when I'm doing trying to do these calculations in my head. I'll be like, you know, I expect this to get 200 million, but, you know, play doesn't work out or you end up loaning a player out again. You say, okay, I'll, I'll drop it down to like, say, 150 yeah, I, I probably wouldn't put it at a 150. I think the minimum we would get from all of those is like 170. It's my guess. Um, but so I would say 170 would be kind of the bottom. But then it also could be more than 200. It could get up to maybe 220 because we could sell more guys than we think. Or um, we could there could be a bidding war for one of these players and we get a little more of a fee for him. So we don't know. Um, it, it's always it's gonna sit between. So uh, to, let's to just me, say roughly two hundred. Yeah, to me it'll sit between that one forty to two hundred plus. It's always gonna sit between. I, I think definitely incoming we're getting a hundred plus, like hundred percent. We have to, <laughs> like right, like yeah. You're, getting, you're not getting lower than a hundred with Bernardo, Laporte, um, and Academies and Cancelo. So you, you're gonna get over a hundred million incoming. Oh yeah, I think from Laporte, Cancelo, and Bernardo, it'll be. Minimum 120, max 150, 160. I agree. That's my guess. Um, so let, let's set it roughly 200, give or take, you know, 30, 40 million each way. Okay. Uh, so let's go on to the incomings. There's a lot of incomings or at least potential spots we need to be filled. With. So let's talk about the needs first, knowing who will probably be leaving. Let's talk about the big one, uh, Jude. So yeah. it looks like, from what we know at this moment, um, Jude is probably going to make a decision in the next week or two. Yep. Um, and, and Jack Gorgon, you know, dropped a bit of news this morning um, that he's one of our main targets. Generally, when Jack says something like that, you know, we're definitely interested. So yeah, I think it's I think it's well known that we're in for him, um, and. It's basically more of we just don't know what the number is. Some numbers have been floated around. We don't know what he's going to choose, whether it's going to be. It seems like Liverpool's pretty far back in the race now between City and Madrid or whether he stays or not, because he may decide that. Um, what do you think the number would be for him? So, uh, first thing I just want to start with. So, obviously, midfield is going to be our biggest need, right? And so if you, if you look at who we're going to have available next season, if we do lose Bernardo still um, and Gundogan on a free, you're basically down to three midfielders in Phillips, Rodri, and Kevin De Bruyne. So from a squad building perspective, midfield is your biggest priority no matter what. Even if you sign Gundogan for another year and you sign Bernardo or you keep Bernardo and Gundogan leaves on a free, you're down to back to four midfielders for three spots. That's not sustainable at any moment next season. So no matter what happens in like with our outgoings, midfield is the number one priority. And on top of that, we have to put the caveat in that Kevin De Bruyne is 32 now. And I think we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, you know, Kevin De Bruyne is not getting any younger. Maybe he can't play three games a week anymore. We need to start that transition, right? Something City has always done very, very well. He's had fantastic midfielders. It'd be Yaya Toure, David Silva, Fernandinho, Rodri, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva. We've always had 
fantastic midfielders in this Pep era. So to continue this in the Pep era, you have to go out and buy the best midfielders on the market. And that's where Jude comes in. So Jude Bellingham, to me, is the next big thing in midfield, right? He is the generational player that we want to be part of our midfield for the next 10 years. So um, when it comes to a fee or how I feel like we need to go about it, I feel like City are going to go gun blazing no matter what, right? To, to me, they've put him as a priority and the, there's millions of reasons to put him as a priority. You've got commercial reasons. He's English, he's young, he's marketable. Then you've got the 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 player side. He is a generational type player. Um, you know, we've seen reports yesterday. They're saying he might not fit City, but with these type of players, you mold your team to fit the player. Same thing with Haaland, right? A lot of people said, "Oh, Haaland won't fit City," but you change your team to fit these type of players. They're that good, right? You must change your play style. Peps, we've got the best manager in the world, so you've changed your team to fit this type of player. So whether we get Jude for 120 million pounds or 130 million pounds or 140 million pounds, to me, it's still going to be worth it, right? Because you're bringing that type of player in that's going to solidify your midfield and have one of the best players in that position for the foreseeable future. Like I said, we've always had some of the best midfielders, whether it be David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Fernandinho, etc. We've always had some of the best midfielders. Um, and we need to start transitioning from Kevin De Bruyne, right? Who's, who's our next big midfielder? We don't have one right now in the team, right? We don't have a youth player coming up that's going to be, that looks like the next big thing in midfield. So I don't mind spending $130 million on on Jude Bellingham. I'd do it. And I feel like City will do it. I feel like City know their needs for this summer. Um, you know, if Harlan costs £150 million, do you go out and do it? Right? If his release clause wasn't there last season, do you, do you spend £150 million? You would, right? So it's the same thing with Bellingham. You go out and execute it, and then you worry about everything else fitting in later. That's how I look at it. I don't know about you. So I think the, the only number we've really seen, I think it was from the Telegraph, um, I, but I don't remember, was €125 million, Euros, which is... Pounds. The one on the Telegraph, that was pounds. I, I thought I saw it as euros, um, just because they they put it there in in terms of because Germany. Um, I could see him going roughly for between probably 110, 115 to 125, 130 million pounds. Not euros, pounds. Yeah, I agree. And... That's all. I mean, that's a substantial fee, and I think what helps is Liverpool are definitely not paying that. I don't know if Real Madrid are going to pay that. So essentially, it seems like City kind of have it to themselves, and I and I think that Dortmund always get great fees, but I don't think they're tough to deal with if that makes sense. Like, they're not going to be Brighton or Spurs or Napoli and be incredibly tough to deal with. I think they're... And City have a very good relationship with them because of so many transfers we've done over the years with Dorman's them. Pretty, yeah, Dorman, to be fair to Dorman, they're very clear. They'll, they'll set a fee and they'll say, meet it. If you don't yeah. meet it, you don't, we don't sell. That's basically yeah. how they work. Brighton will tell you, no, 
they're not selling for that fee, but they won't tell you the fee they want to actually sell the player. <laughs> yeah, or the fee they set will be so outrageous that the team thinks that oh no, we that's okay, that's a starting point. Whereas Dortmund set a fairly reasonable fee just about every time. Like Brighton will have a thirty million pound player and say, No, give us sixty for him. And some dumb club, <coughs> Chelsea, will do it. Yep. Um and same they did the same with Caicedo. So um, I think the the relationship with Dortmund. What is it? I think Dortmund's very fair when it comes to yeah. setting actual yeah. fees for the. For the so game. I don't think the fee will be the problem, but I would probably put it between one fifteen to one thirty um, million pounds, and I, I think that's a fair fee, and I think Dortmund will be happy with that fee um, if if Jude decides to choose city so i think that's really the caveat is it's up to jude now um so let's move on a little because we have so many this summer let's talk about the new guy in the news gabby vega um what do you think i know the price is basically set i'll let you talk about him because i know you've watched a few games now so i've i looked at his um scouting profile and i said oh he doesn't have ball retention, and he doesn't have um, he doesn't have uh, link up play, which was concerning for a midfielder coming to City. But he did win Player of the Month in Spain just this month that went past. He looks like a very quick, fast dribbler from what I've seen of him, and he has a good shot on him. He's like a bit of a clinical in the box type player. But I'll let you speak at him more because I know you've actually watched a few games. Yeah, so I've watched him. Celta uh, Vigo, by the way, it's painful to watch them. <laughs> uh, they're a fairly they're a fairly defensive side in La Liga. Not, are, you, are you sure City's not more boring to watch? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, so Celta Vigo is a fairly defensive side. Um, they play a four four two, and he plays as one of the midfielders in the middle of the four four two. Now it's odd though the way they play. Their other midfielder kind of drops to be more of a six, and he pushes up to be more of an eight. So even though he plays in the middle of a four-four-two, he plays a little higher than a traditional central midfielder in a in a four-four-two. So he does play in more of an eight slash ten position, um, but defensively he's in the four-four-two. Like he's he is a I don't know six slash eight whatever you want to call that position central midfielder. Um, in terms of his profile, it's tough because they're not good on the ball. Like in general, like the team, they're not very good at keeping the ball. They don't play that type of style. So it seems like when he gets it, his job is to go up the field immediately. So I, I wouldn't worry as much about ball retention. I, I I think if I wanted to look at him more, I think what would be more telling would be his U21 matches. I, I don't have any way of seeing those, but I would say that would tell you more about what he is as a player and what he might be to City um, because he's in a team that has a lot more of the ball. But, you know, the way he plays is he's big. The first off, he's six feet tall and he's strong and he's physical and he has a lot of pace. Honestly, 
kind of reminds me of Jude Bellingham or Kevin De Bruyne in that way. Like he's very good. Well, he doesn't have, obviously he doesn't have that type of passing, but like the way he receives the ball in midfield and kind of like bursts through people. And no matter how much that he just bullies them and has that pace to go by them. um, He, he does that. And I don't know if he would be more of an alternative to Jude if City were not to get Jude or if he would potentially be a third midfielder. I don't see him. I don't see like if City go to sign two midfielders, I don't see him and Jude being the only two midfielders. I just don't see that happening. Um, you think I would see great? him. Yeah, I think if Vega is the guy that they want, and I think also, like, City might sign him regardless of what happens with Jude Bellingham. Because they might sign him with him, and he might be the third midfielder that they uh-huh. sign. He's 20 years old, right? Yeah, he's 20. He plays for Celta Vigo. He's he's kind of had a little, little bit of a slow start in his career. Like, he wasn't super highly rated until this year. And I think he could be a good player for City. I don't know how City see him. Like, maybe they could turn him into one of the more quote-unquote controlling midfielders like a Gundogan or Bernardo or David Silva where they are more controlling because he is good on the ball. Um, I don't know if they see him like that or not because remember Bernardo when he came to us, he was a winger. He wasn't this pausa metronome type of player, so maybe they see that in him, but he's more of a raw Talent honestly kind of reminds me of like the Ferran Torres signing where we didn't need a winger, but City saw a talented guy for a good price and thought, well, we can develop this guy and he can be very good for us. Or you sell him fifty five million pounds that you never get back from Barcelona. Yeah, <laughs> I got a question for you. So if if we do, and I, look, I think Vega the the transfer fee and it's a release clause of thirty five million pounds that's basically got cheeky written all over it. He loves his yes. clauses, let's be honest. So I do see that as a very, very potential big deal for City. I feel like they'll it's something they'll, they'd want to do just based on the fee, like you said, um, and the type of profile of player he is. I've got a question for you. Could you ever foresee, let's say in two years' time, uh, with a bit of development for both Bellingham and Vega, could you see a midfield of Rodri, Bellingham, and Vega? Potentially, like, I would need to see how Vega develops because if he is more of this, like more of the midfielder we see at Celta Vigo right now, I don't think him and Bellingham would work very well together or that it would need to change up a little bit because him and Bellingham are very similar in the way they play. And I think what, you know, what Pep likes is two midfielders that are a little different from each other. And so but I, I wouldn't rule it out because I thought the same thing about De Bruyne and Bernardo. I thought they were both kind of the more dynamic midfielders. And Bernardo, to his credit, kind of changed his game to be a little more controlling and and more of the metronome that he wasn't before. So I could see it potentially, but I think we'd need to see more of Vega. And I think Vega would need to uh, kind of change his game or improve a lot more. But, it you know... Wouldn't really surprise me. 
it, it, I think but, it's an interesting one. I, th- I feel like, like you said, it does have to come with another player. Maybe, maybe a Kovacic. Yeah. So let yeah, let's move on to that. Um, so we were talking about the Jack Gunn article. Um, the one player he mentioned in that article, alongside Jude Bellingham, is Alexis McAllister. Um, so we're going to kind of lump in the Kovacic. Mount McAllister. We're we're gonna do guys that we've at, at actually been linked to. You know, we're we could always you know throw out these world class names like Nico Barella or whoever Kamavinga. Like, there's, there's no point in even talking about those guys. So let's talk about the guys we've been linked to. So McAllister, Kovacic, or Mount. It seems like kind of City's looking for two spots in midfield, like the like the two replacements. And it seems like Jude is kind of in a class of his own. And the other slot, for lack of a better word, would be either Kovacic, Mount, or McAllister, right? I actually think McAllister's the alternative to Jude. I don't think we go after McAllister if we go after Jude. Is that, is that fair? Just I think just based on the fees, I feel like if you sign Jude, who could cost, say, 120 million pounds or 110 million pounds and 30 million in add-ons, right? I feel like McAllister, based on how Brighton profile their players, they're going to want 80 million plus. So, how realistic that is, I'm not sure. Um, it depends, like we said, on outgoings, etc. For me, he is the backup option to the Jude Bellingham transfer. If Jude Bellingham falls over or he goes to Liverpool or if he stays at Dortmund for whatever reason, um, which is very potential could happen, right? He could say, you know, I might stay at Dortmund for one more year then come to the Premier League or go to Madrid, etc. So that could happen. So I feel like if Jude does fall over, then we go for McAllister, right? So the only like, reason... I feel, I feel like Kovacic and, and Mount are more in that third extra slot who come at a cheaper cheaper rate. So the only reason I would disagree on McAllister is that I think like I don't think City would even float McAllister's name if they weren't all in on Jude. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of like last summer, we didn't hear any other striker's name other than Erling Holland. And it's because City were all in on Erling Holland. And I don't think we would hear Now City's obviously going to have a list of backups. I don't think they're stupid, but I don't think that they would release a list of backups or people who they could feasibly get with Jude until afterwards. And so I do agree, though, that Brighton's going to want a substantial fee. Um, and that might be not doable for City at all. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me if they just said, you know, give us 80. Um, now, the one reason I think Brighton might be a little... Uh, more open to negotiation is because one of the reasons they have been so difficult to deal with with some of these recent transfers like Caicedo or with um, Cucurella is they really don't like signing a player and then six months or a year later the player wanting to leave. McAllister's been there for years now. So maybe they'll kind of... soften up on their feet or at least not be so hard-headed because it seemed like Cucurella and also Caicedo they were a lot more hardline because they thought no we just signed this guy like 
come back next summer or something, but we just yeah. signed this guy. We're not going to be that type of club. So I could see them being a little softer on McAllister, but I agree. If they're, um, I think they would still go after both, but I think they would quickly move on from McAllister if Brighton are saying, no, you need to pay us 80. Because <laughs> I think City would probably value him more in the 50 to 60 range. Yeah, look, you actually make a very, very good point. I actually haven't looked at McAllister's um, contract. He actually expires in two years with an option. I think it's a, another EE option that Brighton have on the contract. Um, so, yeah, that's actually an interesting point. He has been there for five years, four years now, or three years. So, that is a very, very interesting point. So, it could be more feasible. Maybe Brighton won't have that hard line like Cassiero and Cucurella, who were only there for one year and then trying to go back out. Um, yeah. So with and speaking of uh, contracts running up, there's a couple others that I think City may be licking their lips at. Looking at these, it looks like Kovacic and Mount. Um, City may be interested in. So what what kind of fees do you think we would get for those guys? Uh, they're interesting ones, right? So because so Chelsea have the issue of, and I think that they just released their accounts. I think yesterday or the day before. And they had a $120 million loss in profit and loss. And mm-hmm. they've got a whole bunch of issues. They might have FFP issues. Um, they might have Premier League issues in terms of, um, you know, based on sustainability. They're, they're, they're quite over and they've got a very, very big squad. So we've got what we call a fire sale happening um, in this, this summer for a lot of Chelsea players. So they need to make decisions on a lot of players. Um, who they're going to keep, who they're, they're going to sell. Um, they've bought a lot of young players to replace these older older players. Makes it doesn't really fall into an older player, but I believe he's asking for some high wages, which they don't want, really want to pay. So I feel like they will be willing to let go of these type of players for between forty to fifty million, which is depends. Goes to a Premier League club, I think they'd they'd be able to demand that fee because it is going to a Premier League club. Um, but it also depends on um, who else is going to be interested. I, I feel like Mason Mount has. I don't feel like we'll go after the main amount. I don't know. You know, I haven't seen many links to him. We've had like a bit of rumors um, where we are interested or, or, or City's name's been lumped in with a bunch of other clubs. So this that could just be aid talk, right? You know, throw in City's name. They've got a lot of money. We pay high wages, get Chelsea to try offer a contract. But I see him. I feel like he'll end up at Liverpool. If, if, it doesn't, if, if Chelsea don't give him a new contract, he'll end up at Liverpool. Kovacic, however, I feel like is a lot more realistic and he's a type of midfielder that we'd need to replace Bernardo slash Gundogan. So I feel like he'd fit in a lot better um, just based on his type of profile. He's very, very, very good in midfield um, in terms of controlling midfield, dribbling, link-up play, um, winning the ball back, etc. I feel like Kovacic could fit that mould a little bit better um, and he's probably a bit more attainable. Um, and, and I feel like Chelsea would be more willing to let him go based on his age and profile, while Mount that want a bit more just because he's English and he's younger. So they'd expect a higher fee for him, and I, I expect they'd get it because there'd be a lot more, a lot more clubs in England that would want him um, over Kovacic. I, I agree. Like, I feel like Kovacic would be the other, the third or second midfield option that we'd go for after Jude. That's my opinion. I agree. So, well, I honestly Kovacic. I think I agree with you. I think Mount 
probably wouldn't come to City. I think he does kind of fit the mold of a, you know, quote unquote controlling midfield eight. Um, but I think City probably rate Kovacic just as high, if not higher, although Mount's a little younger. Um, Pep's loved Kovacic for years. We know that. And it's been reported that they still like Kovacic. And we see his name a lot more. So could I see... And I also think Vega is being floated because Kovacic would probably be very cheap. So I think potentially... City may not go after Vega if they sign McAllister, if McAllister's more expensive. Because I could see, so say, you know, Jude is in the 120, 130 million range and McAllister's in the 60 to 70 million range. I don't think they're going to spend more money on a midfielder. But if Vega is at 35 and Kovacic, I think will be between 25 to 35 million. If, like, I don't think he's going to be much more than that. And I think that's a pretty decent fee for him. I mean, if we're selling Bernardo for 50, Kovacic for 25 to 35 sounds pretty accurate. And um, I think City would do that deal where essentially they could get Kovacic and Vega for the price of cheaper than McAllister. And... So that that's what I would put on that. I would probably discount Mount for that reason, but it seems like City really likes Kovacic. And like you said, Chelsea need these players off their books. I think Kovacic is on a decent amount of money as well. So um yeah, for for that reason I can see it. Um let's look at Oh sorry, before and, you move on. Before you move yeah. on, I got I got a quick question for you. Let's say we sell Bernardo and Gundogan's gone. What are, what are your six midfielders or five midfielders next season? What's your prediction? Shoot. <laughs> My prediction is Jude, Vega, Kovacic, De Bruyne, Rodri, and Calvin Phillips. I'm 100% with you on that one. I, I, I think so. That's, I that's, think, my, that's my feeling as well. Yeah, I think I don't know. I I'm not convinced by McAllister actually coming. I'm I like him as a player. I'm not saying I'm not convinced of him as that. I'm not convinced that City will want to spend a lot of money and I think Brighton would want it. I'm not convinced City would want to spend that much money on another midfielder when they could get Kovacic who they really like for a very cheap price and Vega who they like for the future for a very cheap price. So they have a little more depth. Vega can kind of get his footing. Cause I don't think he would start right away. Um, I, feel like and Perino, I just, Perino I think that's what would happen. Yeah. I feel like Perrone will go on, on loan or be sold. Um, and then you end up with Jude. So I feel like your starting midfield of those games would end up being Rodri, Bellingham, Kevin De Bruyne. And then you rotate. Vega, Kovacic, and Philipson, who's, I think that's three fantastic backup options in terms of like profile, age, um, and type of player. I feel like Phillips is his, his next season is probably his biggest season in terms of, um, in terms of like proving himself. And then I feel like we'd either go for another midfield next, but that would set us up really well for the next four to five years, I'd say. So that's that. I, I agree with you completely. I feel like that's our three options who we're going to go for and that the most realistic. 
Vega because of his release clause. Kovacic based on the one year left on his contract with Chelsea needs to be sold. And then Jude Bellingham being your next big midfielder slash talisman slash, you know, Kevin De Bruyne slash Yaya Tourist slash David Silva. You know, he's your next big, big midfielder in, in that city midfield. Yeah. And then, and then um, I think that Hope Vega develops into, you know, another massive player for us. I just worry with Spanish players, you know, in two years' time, maybe come knocking if they end up being so good. It's like, okay, see ya. Yeah. I, I don't really worry as much about that. I think Torres and Garcia were more special circumstances than anything else. Because, like, we have Rodri and we, we have had That's David true. Silva. That's and true. so I, I don't really... I don't think Barcelona has the pull they did when Xavi first started as well. Especially everybody knows they're broke. So... And they pay refs. So who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. An- another thing I would say. So one last thing from that Jack Gone article that just came out is he said City's looking at a winger or, yes. or looking for a winger. Yes. We don't really know. Like we've heard Matoma. In like very loose links. Like it hasn't been by one of the top city reporters. We haven't heard it. Um. But other than that, we haven't really heard anyone. Well, to be fair, look, he said pacey winger, right? So Jack Gong in his article, if you haven't, if not, if you haven't read it yet, he did say pacey winger, which is really interesting, right? So it's kind of what we've been saying all season. We don't have the profile on our wings. All our, all our wingers are very similar profiles. You know, you've got Foden, Grealish, Mares, and Palmer. All four of them are very similar profiles. They don't have that pace. So it's interesting that it, they... They've realized the need of needing a pacing winger, which is really, really good. I feel like since we haven't been actually linked with anyone, there's only a couple options, right? It's For me, it's Matoma, Noto from Leeds, um, Liao, and I think there's another player in France. I can't remember. His name escapes me right now, but there would be my only realistic targets based on that profile. Yeah, I... The way I look at it is I don't think – I think Liao – I doubt it. I really doubt Liao. Too expensive, right? Yeah, like we're spending so much money in other areas and we have Foden, Grealish, and Mares playing winger for us this year. I doubt one of them will move to the midfield next year. So really, are City going to pay whatever is, – is Liao's contract up – Spires in twenty twenty four, so he'll have. So he's got a year left. I think if City could could maybe get a deal there, it wouldn't surprise me. But honestly, I don't see City paying more than sixty to sixty five million for a winger. And for wingers, that's for a top winger. That's not really that expensive these days. Um, So I don't think I couldn't see them paying more than that, considering how much they're spending everywhere else. Yeah, Liao's the interesting one, right? Because of the fee. And AC Milan are not a very, very rich club in terms of how much money they have. Um, it all comes down to do City. And the thing is, you got to remember, Leo, he's a left winger. Um, so it all comes down to are City willing to pay that amount for a Leo? But the other options are still going to be just as expensive, right? If you look at Matoma, you, we just talked about Brighton not willing to be, you know, yeah, Matoma just signed there last year, so we're going to have that problem with Matoma. <laughs> They're going to be doing those uh, – what's it, that guy, Andy Nolan, that reporter who's going to be like – Andy – oh, my God, Andy uh, Naylor, Andy, the Andy bane Naylor. of my existence. <laughs> uh, 
Man City are insulting us with a 155 million pound offer. Yeah. <laughs> Give me, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think Nyanto would really cost a whole ton because um, he's like 19 years old and he's like good for leads, but is he like. Is he going to demand a hundred million pound fee or something he'd, like that? He'd, no, he'd, he'd be the cheaper option. And if leads go down, they'd be more willing to sell. Yeah, I think so. And we have a good we have a good relationship with leads. We gave him a we gave him a youth player or two this year, and we got Calvin Phillips yes. from him. So it's possible. I winger is tbd i just don't think i think we're kind of on the same page that we're not going to spend a ton of money on a winger because we have three already and like you said especially with Leao, jack Grealish is our hundred million pound winger on the left so why would we get another hundred million pound left winger only i think we would get someone who's probably a little more flexible who can play on both sides and for uh uh more value option and that could be Liao. like Liao probably i think he can he play the, on the right wing yeah he could he's right footed you know you'd, you'd have you could play him on on the right um with right foot kind of like when you put Foden on the left and you put Liao on the right you kind of get more balls into the middle to harland with that setup but he does fit the profile he's got the pace he's got the big 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 player is always yeah he's, he's a one, big guy one, yeah he's one 190 i think um, yeah, when he was at, I mean, when he was at Sporting, he was a striker, and City were interested back then when he was eighteen. So, yeah, um, now he's twenty four. He's a little more developed. So, who knows? But I think we're, we're kind of on the same page that City's not paying a ton of money for a winger. I it wouldn't surprise me if they just didn't buy a winger at all this summer. Yeah, I, it could. It could. It's, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, uh, if we've got enough money left over, we might go out for a winger, or or it's a. Yeah, if we find the right price for the right player, we'll go for it. But I, yeah, they could they could just go to Leo. Like we'll sign you on a free next summer. Yeah, could be. Um, and then real quick, I know we're kind of running out of time, but Gavardiol, if Laporte goes, it seems like Gavardiol's the only real name we've heard. Probably between eighty and a hundred million pounds is my guess. Does that sound yeah. right? Yeah. Look, it's one of those things again where. Do City need another centre back, right? And then it comes to left back slash right back. Um, I feel like we would need another defender if we do let go of Laporte. I wouldn't be completely surprised if Laporte stays another year, and then we go and buy Gavardio next summer. And the reason why is because Leipzig are not very keen to sell Gavardio this summer. He's got a release clause yeah. next summer that kicks in, but they've uh, t- they've been saying to Gavardio, "We'll let you go next summer. We're not really keen on letting you go." So I feel like the be needed to get him out this summer would be quite substantial. So it all depends. It, it, it would be like one of those things where like, okay, we can sell the port for sixty million pounds, which I don't think is reasonable. I don't think we'll get. And it's like, okay, but let's go buy Gavardio for a hundred type of type of deal. So it, it it I feel like that's a it's like a dependent on other factors. Similar to the winger. So I feel like a center like Gavardio I feel like they're set on Gavardio. Gavardio's a player they want. They they they're gonna get him this summer or next summer. It's one of it's it's, it's happening in my mind. Yeah. It's just about when, because of all the optics involved of who's outgoing, who's incoming, etc. But I feel like you know they've got a list of priorities, right? And the priorities start with midfield. We've got a massive midfield rebuild needed. Once that's sorted, they'll start looking at the other targets. But you know, yeah. it could be one of those things. Where I, it's like get it done. <laughs> I, 
I think Gavardiol, I, I agree with you on basically everything you've said. I think it would have to probably hinge on does he really try to force his way out if City want him this summer? Because if he does, maybe that would force them to sell. Or maybe, I mean, a potential option could be sending Laporte the other way. Kind of like the Danilo Cancelo type of yeah. deal. Because uh, Leipzig's a good team, Laporte is a good player, and their style kind of fits him. Like, Gavardiol is relied upon a lot for his passing out from the back. And yeah. what is Laporte really good at? His passing out from the back. So, I don't, I don't feel like it's, it's, it's possible. It's possible, but I don't feel like it fits Leipzig's profile type of play. That they're usually like getting young players in who fit their style of play, build them up, um, and then either sell them or try to keep them. Right. So, I yeah. feel I feel like, and I don't feel like Laporte would want to go there, and I don't feel like they would want to pay Laporte's wages that he's on. Probably not, but yeah. it's, po- it's 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 possible, it's not probable. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. the way to say it. I agree. And then I'd say the last one, left back, of course. Never saw we've needed back. one forever. <laughs> um, the only real name we've ever, the only name we've heard this summer is Bring Ben Chilwell. Bring Fabian Delft back. Fabian oh back. God, please <laughs> no. Um, I, I mean, the only name we've heard is Chilwell. So if we were to bring in Chilwell, my guess is forty to fifty million pounds. Look, it's, it, Chilwell's interesting, right? If, if three months ago, if you asked me, I think it was more realistic. Right now, I don't think it's realistic at all. No, I agree. It's just because he's playing every game. He's playing really well. He's at top. He's in top form, and he looks fantastic. I'd love him. I'd love Chilwell. Um, even though he's got the injury issues, I'd still love him in this city team. I think he'd do fantastic. But I think it's more of taking advantage of the fire sale. Like they is, have three left backs. They got to make a decision, right? I don't. And this is where it comes down to: Are they really gonna sell Cucurella? Because no one's buying him for sixty million pounds. Let's be honest, right? So <laughs> they're not gonna sell him. So it comes down to well, they're kind of playing Cucurella at left centre back, right? But at the same time, you've got all these other centre backs. Chelsea's a it's a black hole. It's an enigma. You don't you don't know what you're gonna get with them, honestly. Like yeah. So let's just say, how about this? Um, Probably the best way to put it is, if we sign a left back, I'm guessing it's in the forty to fifty million range, whether it's Chilwell or somebody else comes up. But like, I don't see. Uh, Theo Hernandez, like 80 million pound yeah. left back coming out. I'd, That's I'd, not happening. I'd love for us to do that, but just because of the fees involved for the other players that we need, they're not going to do it. And, and yeah. look, Ak, Ak is playing fantastic at left back. So he's he's kind of our starting left back right now. Yeah, but I don't think Pep wants him there. Like I think that's more of Pep has to play him there. But I don't think that's where he's wanted. I think Pep would like somebody who can invert. I think he wants somebody who can invert because right now we have Stones who can do that and we have Rico Lewis who can do that and we have Bernardo who can do that. And he's like, we've been playing that way for years. It's just, we've kind of noticed it more this year and I think he wants somebody who can do that if needed because Kyle Walker can't. And Stones will probably just be playing more at center back. And like I more than anything, and Rico Lewis is eighteen, so I think he's going to want somebody who can invert if needed, or he'll bring down. Maybe he'll have Jude stand next to Rodri, or maybe he'd have Kovacic stand next to Rodri. Uh, we don't know, but the point is, 
I think he's going to want a left back. Um, who the only name we've heard is Chilwell, but I'm yeah. guessing somewhere in the forty million pound range is about right. It's interesting because we haven't been actually linked to anyone besides Chilwell. Chilwell was one of the name that was mentioned, like I said, three months ago, two months ago, where it was like it became a bit realistic because of how he was playing and he wasn't playing, and you know Chelsea's fire sale, etc. Where it's like he's the most natural target, but uh, besides him, we haven't really heard anyone. Like we, I've been, I've been trying to. You know, magically make Theo Hernandez a target, but it hasn't really. You know, City really haven't actually. Nothing's come out about a left back target. No, it's, it's, it's unless it, unless it's from Italy and they just lie all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay, exactly. to wrap this up, I think we. So the way I look at it is, we have potentially we have. 200 million roughly, give or take, in outgoings. And if we do, say, 125 for Jude, 30 for Kovacic, 35 for Vega, 90 for Gavardiol, 40 for Chilwell, and or another left back, and say 60 for some winger. Okay. That let's, brings let's, let's our. <laughs> yeah. Let's say Matoma, 64 A winger. Okay, that brings our total to 380 million spend and 200 million outgoing. So total net spend roughly 180 million. Now, that seems like a lot. I don't know if City will go that high, even though there's 200 roughly going out. Um, and like I said, these are rough numbers. So. I don't know if City will go that high. It also, like you said, they could try to convince Laporte to stay for another year. And then, you know, between that, that's like a $50 million save or 50 million pound save. So it's closer to the 100 million net spend than 180. Um, I'll be honest. I feel like the left back, and the reason why we haven't heard about the left back role much, is it depends on Gavadio. Like Gavadio and the left back are tied together. They're, yeah. they're doing a two and one, if you know what I mean. So if we get Gavadio, I don't feel like we'll go after a left back. Does that make sense? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, because then you would have five defend five center backs plus Rico Lewis and Kyle Walker. So you have seven defenders for four spots. I think that's sufficient cover. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's hard to know because how we're going to mess it up. Is he going to go back with a three at the back and then one inverted? Well, I yeah, because we've been doing that forever. Like, yeah. it's more pronounced this year, but we've been doing it forever. It's just before the inverted player was either Cancelo or it was Zinchenko or it was Fabian Delph. But we've been doing it for a long time. Um, one time we even did it where Fernandinho played center back outside of possession and... Uh, double pivot inside of possession. So we've done that too. Um, so like KTSD and you're playing center back. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, that was that wasn't the 1920 season. That was um, that was I think the 1819 season Did where you? yeah, it was a game against Arsenal where we played three defenders. It was very weird. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing that lineup, thinking like that's crazy. Like we played. <laughs> I think it was like Walker 
Odamendi and Zinchenko or something like that. And that was it or something like that. But it was only defenders. And I wanted to go back and watch that game. So I watched it a couple weeks ago because I wanted to see what we did. And we did the 3-2 and then we did a 4-4-2 out of possession, just like we do now. But the difference was the the two holding midfielders in possession were Gundogan and Fernandinho. And then out of possession, Fernandinho dropped to center back. Yeah. And then they had another eight drop into the 4-4-2 with Gundogan. I think it was Bernardo. So it was like the same thing. It's just it's is it the positions are taken up are the same. It's just kind of how they shift. So I think our probably total spend will be probably between 320 to 350 million is my guess. Um, maybe a little less than that. Pro- okay, probably 300 to 330. Um, and that gives our total net spend roughly around 130. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah, roughly. I'd say about 150 so, to, to 100, yeah. And we made a good profit last year. What do we? What was our profit last year? I know you're the finance guy. Uh, we made in net spend, I think it was 70-something million. So we yeah, were, and that was, ne- that didn't negative, include Ferran Torres. We were negative seventy million, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that didn't include Torres, who we sold for fifty five in the winter. Yeah, our, our last five years is one hundred and six million, no, one hundred and fifteen million pounds that spent. Yeah, so if we added, you know, one hundred thirty million in one summer as the overhaul. And, you know, roughly in the last two years, a complete overhaul of the squad with roughly 60 million to 100 million in net spend. That's incredible. Yeah, it'd still be lower than Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Tottenham, and Arsenal in net spend over the last five years. Oh, yeah. Like, by by a mile. So, um, I think all we say this to say, like, in general, we agree that City's going to spend big this summer. I think uh, even Jack Gone, what did he call it? Uh, a massive a wedge. wedge. A massive wedge of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, a significant wedge is what he called it. So, wedge. yeah, there you go. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's another name for a war chest. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, that's what's going to happen. So, um, that's kind of how we see the summer going. And uh, City's going to spend big. There's going to be it's going to be a fun summer. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of the big part. It's going to be fun. My my prediction is Jude, Jude Bellingham 130 million, Vega 35 million, Kovacic 35 million, um, a winger like Matoma or Liao 60 million to 70 million, and then cut again to the optics of centre back slash left back. So you're looking at 260 million and then plus center back, left back, depending what that fee is going to be. So overall net spend is going to be between 100 to 150 million. That's my yeah, prediction. that's about right. So, um, well, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, that was that was our high level overview of what we think is going to happen this summer. I think regardless, it's going to be a fun and eventful summer, and uh, we're really excited to be along for this ride. Just. I'm getting incredibly excited for the summer. I'm getting I'm so excited. I, I love summer transfer windows, and I think this one's going to be an absolute banger. I, I agree. I agree. So uh, follow the pod. 
at pep talk mcfc on twitter or the pep talk mcfc at gmail.com you can email us any questions or click like and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to um so thank you guys for tuning in and we hope you enjoy